3,000 Years of Longing begins with a pre-recorded... Hello and welcome back to Xavier Newswire Live, the radio show that will catch you up on all of the Xavier news from Ledgewood Drive to Dana Avenue and beyond. Today is August 29th, 2022, and we are bringing this show to you live on XUFM. I'm Kayla Ross. My and oh. I'm a sophomore, he's a major, um, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Julia Lankish. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a senior environmental science and music majors. I'm one of your Newswire Live hosts and a staff writer for the paper. On this episode, you'll get to hear the Newswire Live multimedia crew bring you the rundown on Manresa, campus, Cincinnati events, movies, and music. Let's get right into the show. At this time, we'll be interviewing a few members of Xavier's Manresa Corps, the students responsible for organizing and executing Xavier's orientation program. Thank you all for being here with us tonight. Thank you for having us. So each of you can um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role in the Manresa Corps. Uh, my name is Andrew Dodderman. I am the Manresa Communications uh, Coordinator, and I get to, quote unquote, play with social media and um, really dig into EngageXU and building what that looks like. Hi everyone, I'm Georgia Fossey. I was the Community Development Coordinator for this past year's Manresa, and kind of like the name says, I developed the community, but in a, in a more in other terms, I helped direct Real World Xavier, which is the monologue presentation, and I also did a lot of the team building aspects as well. Hi everyone, my name's Jade Go. I was the operations coordinator this year, and basically that's just a fancy way of saying I handled all the logistics, including move-in. So uh, tell us a little bit about what it takes to make a Manresa happen. Like, how do you put that together? It takes a lot of work. Uh, there were two other people on core with us, Sean Smythe and um, Camille McDonald, and it really takes all five of us to put it on. And we've been working since January to plan it. And then we also worked over the summer, so we started a little, we started a little part-time, and then we went full-time in July, so it definitely was a big, long process that we took part in. Uh, when did Main Reset Preparation start, and when did you find out you were part of the team? Uh, Main Reset Preparation started back in January, um, and we interviewed back in November, and then we were told whether or not before fall break, I believe, if we made the team or not. So uh, what's the process of deciding what like the theme is for Manresa and who decides that? Do you guys have any input? So on our core retreat, uh, we were sat down and we were told to start thinking of themes and we just started making like a big list, like three pages long of those big, long, um, sticky, dry, like, writing paper <laughs> and um, we decided on color your world because um, essentially we wanted to capture that when you're coming from high school it's not just like you're carrying that reputation with you it's a blank canvas so if you wanted to rediscover yourself or if you wanted to try something new this is the time to do it so that's what we really wanted to capture upon absolutely that's great and what was your biggest challenge with organizing and planning Manresa this year? 
I think our biggest challenge was this was the first year we didn't have COVID restrictions. Um, last year, for the most part, they were planning to have uh, COVID restriction-free Manresa, but right before we got to campus last year, we were masked back up. So it was really interesting and kind of challenging to recreate almost Manresa from how it's been in a few years. Yeah, absolutely, I'm sure. I mean, you guys, you know, I think a lot of people, since we're doing the four years, the, the whole thing, you know, people are having to recreate traditions, so I get that. And then something else that was a little bit of a challenge from past years is that we had a change in leadership. So Leah Bosom-Klanowski was our boss for the summer. And then we also, Sophie Stewart is starting as our assistant director for orientation transition. So she started with us at the beginning of Manresa and we're super excited to see what she is going to do for next year's Manresa and the years to come. What was you, each of your favorite parts of Manresa? What's the best part of being on this committee? For me, I love move in and move crew. It's something unmatched that um, I feel as if a lot of schools will um, like very very rare it, they will experience so yeah going a little bit bigger picture I think the most fulfilling part of being Encore was that we've been working on this for so many months so kind of just from that first day of training so seeing our entire orientation team together to the very last moment of Manresa which was the Ignite ceremony just seeing all the moving parts and everything that we've been working on for the past eight months coming together was a very fulfilling experience and we all worked so hard on it so I was very proud to see everyone experience our product. I personally think that uh, the moment when first year students meet their small group on the yard is such a touching moment because we've spent the past few days training our orientation team and we've been planning all summer to have an impactful Manresa for the first year. So just like seeing them get to meet their orientation leaders and the rest of students in their small group is always really powerful. Do you guys have any parting advice um, for first years kicking off their college experience? Get involved. I definitely follow the rule of three. Um, the Office of Student Involvement is just a great way to really get involved and meet new people on campus. Kind of a basic piece of advice, but I think to definitely be yourself. Xavier is such a community and there are so many different people from different backgrounds, different interests, so everyone is super welcoming. So I think just be yourself, like Jade was saying, get involved, and I think you will have a great Xavier experience from there. Uh, do what you're comfortable with. Uh, you know your own limits and at the end of the day, uh, self-care comes from you, and you just need to know like how you perform self-care, and that's just, in this, for me at least, that's an essential part of being a college student. Thank you all again for your insights this evening and for joining us. Um, now we're going to head over to Charlie Gestalter with this week's Campus Catch-Up. Charlie, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. So, uh, if you guys are not familiar, my name is Charlie Gestalder. I'm a senior, ooh, that's weird to say. I'm a senior uh, English and philosophy double major, and I'm the op-ed editor for Newswire. Um, so, welcome to Charlie's Campus Catch-Up, a weekly segment where I aim to provide a brief overview of the happenings around Xavier University. Our first focus today is the food options. As listeners may have noticed, the calf's a new color. The walls are now green, and... I don't know about you, but I kind of miss the blue. Down in the basement of the Gallagher Student Center, Burger 513 has expanded their offerings to grilled cheeses. Students can order a variety of melts from pulled pork to caprese. Only catch is you've got to use the mobile ordering app. Better yet, Jersey Mike Subs has moved in next door. Gone are the days of Fujisan rolls, and the excitement around campus has been palpable. On the sports front, Xavier has a new women's lacrosse team. 
the D1 squad has filled out their roster and is preparing for their inaugural season this spring. Inside the Cintas Center, new men's head basketball coach Sean Miller has landed his second four-star recruit. The Cincinnati Inquirer reports that the 6'6 shooting guard hails from Massachusetts and is ranked 97th in the nation by 247 Sports. There's some new construction on campus on the Frisbee golf fields across from Listerman's Brewery. Honestly, I have no idea what it is. Seems like some sort of stone reflecting garden. Until proven otherwise, I'll interpret it as a shine to the Frisbee gods. That concludes this week's campus catch-up. Catch you again next week. Well, thank you so much, Charlie. Um, you know what? I honestly think that the real shrine to the Frisbee gods is some of the knocked-over posts on the lawn. Narrate an audiobook. I'd buy it. You know what? I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> All right, and now we're going to hear a review of a new movie from Ben Thompson and then a recently a review on a release, recently released album from Marty Dubecki. 3,000 Years of Longing begins with a pre recorded message from its director, George Miller. Through big glasses and a cheeky grin, Miller thanks the audience for coming to see his film in the format which it was intended to be seen. At the movies. 3,000 Years of Longing is the director's first film in seven years, with his previous being Mad Max Fury Road, often considered one of the greatest action films of the 21st century. Fury Road is a high-octane, non-stop thrill ride of visual storytelling and jaw-dropping practical effects. 3,000 Years of Longing, on the other hand, is a love story between a woman, played by Tilda Swinton, and her genie, played by Idris Elba. Two very different films from each other. Though, that's not necessarily a bad thing. 3,000 Years of Longing is a love letter to storytelling, in much of the same yet different ways that Mad Max was. Mad Max was a love letter in a more cerebral way, testing the limits of what needed to and didn't need to be revealed for the audience to understand what was going on. In 3,000 Years of Longing, Tilda Swinton plays a narratologist who studies narrative. Yes, that's a real thing. A large portion of the narrative is dedicated to Idris Elba's Jinn character, telling Tilda Swinton his story. The film works best during these storytelling segments. Each of his stories are a visual feast for the eyes. Vibrant colors, gorgeous sets, props plucked straight out of this man's head and put onto the screen that you'd never see anywhere else. The music was unlike anything I had ever heard before. Even if this isn't like any of Miller's other movies, this is still clearly a George Miller epic. However, all stories need to come to an end, as said by Tilda Swinton's character, in fact. And unfortunately for this one, it doesn't know where to. I was able to count at least three points in the story where it could have ended appropriately. Instead, it chose to keep going. Once the story becomes about Tilda Swinton, it's not as interesting. I missed going to those fantastic worlds and meeting all of the characters that Idris Elba met. Tilda Swinton's character was clearly the one he wanted to focus on, the story he wanted to tell, but it's just not that interesting of a story and relies too heavily on the existence of Idris Elba, whose story is even more interesting. I love Tilda Swinton. She did a great job in this, but at the end of the day, her character just wasn't that interesting. Having said all that, though, I still highly recommend the film. Miller's insanely creative, and movies like this usually don't get made for the big screen anymore, so the fact that it's in theaters is kind of a miracle. 
through all of its flaws, it's still better than something like Thor Love and Thunder. So I'm giving this one uh, three ginger narratologists out of five. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Ben. I'm Marty Dubecki. I'm a sophomore English major. And at the Newswire, I am the digital communications manager. I'll be doing some album reviews. So for August, sharing the bill for the first time, artists Panda Bear and Sonic Boom have come together to create Reset. It was released earlier this month on the 12th and encapsulates all the sample-rich, psychedelic, and pop sounds that both Panda Bear and Sonic Boom are known for. The album starts strong with getting to the point. It's as if the Beach Boys time-traveled about 40-odd years into the future and took a lot more LSD. The tracks Get On and Every Day follow with a slower pace and heavy repetition. This makes the album a little harder to listen to. Edge of the Edge picks the album back up and brings the Beach Boys motif back too. The repetition is just as present in this track, but plays to its advantage. The trance-like psychedelic sound is alive and well. Into My Body, the very next track, takes the listener down a deep hole of harmonies with a simple backing track. The first listen doesn't do the song justice. A journey into the album for a second or third time can give way to a more substantial appreciation. Unfortunately, the album loses traction near the end. Tracks Danger and Livin' in the After are the only other songs of note. Danger has a sweet and whimsical sound, contradicting its name. Livin' in the After boats a bouncing melody. It ends and you would think the album was over. It's the perfect ending. But Reset has one more song, arguably the weakest of the record. Everything's been leading to this. You would wish that the title was apt. It only disappoints. Reset has many catchy melodies, and a Panda Bear record is always an interesting listen. Excitement waxes with the addition of Sonic Boom sharing the creative process. It is definitely trippy. There are notes of excellent production. It just lacks the depth and cohesion that is usually a part of a musical project by Panda Bear or Sonic Boom. The album Personal Pitch comes to mind when thinking of a uniquely Panda Bear album. Reset has strong points, but the repetition and seeming lack of anything else makes it fall short of that mark. I would say it's worth a listen. It can serve as a great entrance into Panda Bear or Sonic Boom, but it's certainly not the best album either has put out. However, one of the better albums put out this August. Thank you. Back to you, Kayla. All right. Thank you, Ben and Marty, for those excellent reviews. Marty, I'll have to check out that album. It sounds very interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of Panda Bear or Sonic Boom, I don't think. I'll oh, have either. to, yeah. you know, listen listen to Reset a couple times. Apparently, it's better on the second or third listen. So Yeah. If you have any thoughts or feedback for the Newswire Multimedia crew, send them to our email, xaviernewswire at gmail.com. You can find Newswire live episodes and other content on YouTube as well if you search Xavier Newswire to find our channel. Follow our Spotify account to hear archived Xavier Newswire live episodes, our debates and discussion podcast, our Inside Xavier Sports podcast, and other student-led projects. And now we're taking it over to John Baldridge with the sports update. Thanks, Kayla. Xavier's basketball program has a busy summer getting ready for the 2022 campaign. Miller has hired three new coaches after Jonas Hayes left to take the head coaching job at Georgia State. 
Xavier hires Adam Cohen, David Miller, and new string coach Andy Cutler. Cohen will be the associate head coach under Miller and will be more likely have to step into that main seat for however long and when, if might, Miller will be suspended facing uh, violations with the University of Arizona. Musketeers added much-needed depth to the backcourt this offseason, adding Soleil Boom, a 6'3 guard grad student who played his last three years at UTEP, and landing freshman recruits Cam Craft and Desmond Claude after Paul Scruggs and Nate Johnson graduated. Dewan Odom transferred with Jonas Hayes after taking the job at Georgia State. Odom goes with him. Ben Stanley also transferred, and the Musketeers will return nine players to the active roster from last season after Travis Steele left and Sean Miller will take the job. Plenty of sports going on this week at Xavier, the women's soccer team who played at Ball State yesterday afternoon. 1-4-2, the Musketeers have started the season 3-0, will travel to Illinois to take on Loyal Chicago this week on Thursday and Northwestern on Sunday before returning home after four consecutive road games. In men's soccer, the Xavier's men's team has started 1-0-1 after a 1-1 tie against Eastern Illinois last night. They will hit the road and travel to Memphis to take on the Cougars before re- on Thursday before returning home for a match this Sunday coming up against Robert Morris at 7 o'clock. And men's volleyball, women's volleyball, head coach Chris Fivensburg team traveled to Buffalo over the weekend in the Buffalo tournament where the Musketeers started the season with three straight wins against UBA, Cleveland State, and Buffalo. The Musketeers will be back in action on Friday against Virginia, and they'll take on Eastern Michigan and Purdue-Fort Wayne in, the, in a Xavier tournament coming up this weekend. They'll play Virginia at 6 o'clock on Friday, Eastern Michigan, 12.30 on Saturday, and a nightcap against Purdue-Fort Wayne on Saturday night at 6.30. In pro sports right now, the Reds had a slow, rough start at this, this season, and that's um, their record right now stands at 50-76, and 76, and they have the third-to-worst record in the National League. The Reds will be... Back at home tonight for a three-game set against the St. Louis Cardinals and three this weekend against the Colorado Rockies on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Reds were just on the road for a 10-game set where they went four and six. The big news of the Reds so far this season is the rebuild is back on. We have seen trades of Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Brandon Drury, Tyler Naquin, and Tommy Fan at the trade deadline. And Creed, 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 Creed not Peachel's not the Reds re-signing. This offseason has, you know, shown a piece that the Reds win will be the win mal mode. Who really knows? But there's promise towards the future as the Reds ranked fourth in the MLB Farm System rankings. Finally, to wrap up sports, Kayla, the Bengals win on Saturday in the preseason finale, 16-7. to The Bengals went 1-2 and in the preseason where no starters saw much action from training camp. But the promise was Cordell Volson, who is luckily now favored to win the left guard position. The Bengals re-signed. A crucial amount of players is offseason, and three, they re, and they also got three players in the top 100 of Ladeo Collins, Alex Kappa, and Ted Carvis, and the top 100 free agent market. The Bengals start the season on September 11th at 1 p.m. against the Pittsburgh Steelers as the Bengals look to get back to a run to the Super Bowl. I'm John Baldridge. Back to you, Kayla. This has been sports. Thank you, John. And now we have with us Leighton Granage, host of Debates and Discussion. She's going to give us a downtown lowdown. Slay it away, Lay. What's up, y'all? My name is Leighton Gamage, and I am a sophomore biology major, she, her pronouns, and I am the host of the Blobcast. Today, downtown lowdown, many big names in modern music are making their way to Cincinnati. This past week, we had Pitbull, 
Macklemore, and Imagine Dragon, uh, Imagine Dragon concerts. Students are giving high remarks across the board. Pitbull is an amazing performer and super sweet, said one student. Another one said Imagine Dragons and Macklemore are the perfect way to end your weekend. Not to mention an overwhelming amount of UC and Xavier students going downtown for a special event that we like to call spending our parents' money one last time. Truly tear-jerking. Concert season has just begun in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati International Jazz Festival starts this Friday, and there's only a few tickets left, so if you're jazzy like me, make sure to come down and show out. Kentucky native Jack Harlow is coming in a week from today to the Icon Music Center with City Girls opening up for him, period. And if you're looking for something that's so oh Ohio, then the Ohio Renaissance Festival starts October, September 3rd. If you want fun things to do in Cincinnati or you're just trying to kill your FOMO, make sure to tune in to Downtown Lowdown. Back to you, Kayla. All right. Thank you so much, Lay. Listeners, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today in this episode of Newswire Live. Thank you all for tuning into the show today. If you have any thoughts or feedback for our Newswire multimedia crew, send them to our email, xaviernewswire at gmail.com. We'd like to give a special thanks to Carolyn Youngquist, music education alumni of Xavier, who produced the music heard in today's show. At this time, we'd like to give a shout-out to our staff and guests who helped make this episode possible. Thanks to Spencer DeTenley, Griffin Brammer, Muddy Dubecki, Layton Grammage, John Baldridge, Jade Goh, Andrew Dodderman, Georgia Fossey, and Charlie Gestalter. Don't forget, you can find full Newswire Live episodes and other segments on YouTube. Search Xavier Newswire to find our channel. Tune into our next episode next Monday at 7 p.m. And until then, this is Julia Langish. And Kayla Ross wishing you a happy and healthy pre-Labor Day week and signing off.